On episode 10 of the San Diego podcast, Colts drummer Corey Steer shares his journey from showgoer to co-owner of Soda Bar, how he got the city to let him have a free fright show at Balboa Park for thousands of fans, and where Britney Spears fits into his musical story. All that and more is next. Hello and welcome to the San Diego podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Lutzbike, and with me in our studio today is none other than Soda Bar Booker and co-owner, Corey Steer. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I have known you for a little while now. We kind of go back uh, quite a few years. Uh, a little background on Corey. Um, he purchased Soda Bar in 2018 with a couple of buds uh, after being its talent buyer for the better part of a decade. But not only does he book shows, he plays them too. He's the drummer in the band's Colts, Hideout, and Mrs. Magician. There's probably a couple of them leaving out, but you know, those are the basics. You kind of went on a journey at Soda Bar from when you first started there to now where you you own the place. I mean, yeah. you got the keys. So like, how did that journey happen actually for, you know, for our listeners? Well, so I first started getting in the Soda Bar. Um, I had heard about it through uh, just some friends, right? Um, and I'd done a couple shows there with a couple of bands that I don't even know who I was playing with at the time. <laughs> so know? many. There's yeah, so it was many just bands. like some friends. We were just did some shows there. And at the time, I was uh, I had gotten into interning at Casbah from Tim Piles. He was like, hey, just come down on Wednesday, you know, around noon. We just kind of sit here. Tim Mays, like, bounces some shows off. You know, it's like Tim Piles and Rosie. And then I was there at the time. And they're yeah. like, you know, any locals that can play this show? Right. Or play that show. And then, you know, I think I set up a couple shows. Like Tim gave me a couple dates. And then I was really curious, like, hey, you know, think I could start booking here more regularly? And he was like, you know, beat it. Like I'm gonna <laughs> be I'm gonna be here for a while. And I was like, okay, okay. So then I started looking around, you know. Well, that, I mean, that's a hard gig to get too, because I mean, Casbah, it's like that's Tim May's you're not country. Gonna, right you're not going to get his place. I mean, it goes to show how naive I was, you know. Like where I was like, oh, maybe I could get some kind of a job, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like it's got to be a lot for you, right? Right. But you know, they had it covered for years, yeah. so I was looking around, you know, and there was like Tin Can Ale House. Mm -hmm. um, I think there was Bar Pink, but you know, I think Dang was doing all the booking at that time. There was a uh, Whistle Stop. It was before Craig, like, fully took over doing the stuff there. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are a couple other places, too. But a friend of mine introduced me to uh, Peter Graves, who was, like, the main guy at Soda Bar at the time. And uh, I just met him over there one night. It was the night before he was leaving to go to Chicago to record with his band. And um, he was like, hey, like, oh, you want a book here? Um, here's the login to the email. <laughs> Granted, I just met him. Right. <laughs> like it was raining. We were underneath the like the overhang right outside of Soda Bar. And he just like gave me all the info and was like, okay, see ya. Wow. <laughs> so I remember logging in and there was like there was like eight shows booked total. Total. Like uh, <laughs> all pretty much that month. Right. You know, and it was yeah. like just a nothing it was further a, out. It was a mess. Yeah, yeah. So um talk about being on the right place at the right time. <laughs> it just kind of worked out. It was so weird, you know, and like he was just so trusting. Yeah. 
for almost no reason. But, <laughs> you, you, know. you look like a very trusting person. I, I guess so. You. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it just kind of started from there. And then now I'm here. I don't know. Years so, flew by. Well, yeah. So like he handed you kind of the reins to the, uh, to the empire over right. there and you kind of ran with it and you just started booking shows kind of left and right. Yeah. Left and right. Yeah. I mean, like the owners at the, at first didn't even know they thought Peter was, they thought Peter ass. was, doing- oh yeah. <laughs> they thought he was killing it, you know? And, and uh, like, I was just kind of doing it all on the side and then Peter came back, we'd meet up and do stuff. And I don't even think I met him for like a year. Oh, wow. So did, I mean, at some point did he go, well, I think you've kind of taken my job <laughs> or did you, or did the book, yeah. did the owners have to be like, Peter, you're out. Corey's the new guy. I mean, I mean, I had to let him go. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had to oh, let him go. No. We're still friends. That is, that's amazing. <laughs> We're still friends. Wow. Yeah. It wow. was, it was a pretty wild, very weird. Is there, I mean, I know that, I mean, obviously you've booked so many shows, thousands of shows probably at this probably. point. I don't even know. Is there, is there one that kind of sticks out to you? Maybe like an unforgettable show that you booked? I mean, that show that just happened, that Fright show. The Frights at Spreckles. Yeah. was pretty wild. Yeah. I'd never, you know, had to gone out and like pull a permit like that through the city. Yeah. So, I mean. And do that. That was, it was a whole process. It was, I mean, it. It's much more involved than just putting on a show at Soda Bar or Mm -hmm. Cows Bar or whatever. So you had to go to the city and get like a permit to like actually host like a live music event for Mm -hmm. like thousand people or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Expensive permit too. Oh, wow. Okay. Luckily we got a sponsor, but not really at first. It was like, I think we're going to get a sponsor, but we still want to do this. Wow. And, uh, you know, so you go to the city. You pay like a grand for like four hours or whatever (laughs) of, of a block. Yeah. For the time there, and I and I was told after the fact that we weren't even supposed to get the permit because they didn't want rock shows there at all. Really? Yeah. So even after Balboa Jehu, Park they was, didn't want it. I mean, Jehu didn't even get a permit for that. Show. They didn't get a permit. <laughs> they couldn't even get it because I guess there were two weddings going on in the park. Oh my! And they goodness. were conflicting because of the sound. So wow. Dang and Swami just. Said the hell with it and just did it. Wow. Yeah. That Drive Like Jehu's show was just so epic. It was amazing. Yeah. It was, it was so amazing. Epic. Yeah. Uh, and the and so so you get the permit for the frights. Mm-hmm. Was it was it your idea to do the show at Spreckles? Mm-hmm. Was it their idea? Uh, record label's idea? How did that come together? Um, I think like Jordan Clark plays in the frights. Yeah. You know, he was he used to play Miss Magician, some other bands. And he, you know, I know that he was probably at the Jehu show and like knew um, everybody that was there. You know, you remember. You it. remember it. Like it yeah. Thing. So. They had just brought up the idea. Um, their agent like came to me and said, "Hey, would you be interested in this kind?" And I was like, "Okay, I know what they're doing." Mm-hmm. Like, so, so Jordan, I kind of planted the yeah, seed. Yeah, yeah, he kind of planted the seed, but like you know, through his team. Yeah, and then came my way, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm up for this" because I knew the people that did the Jehu thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first person I called was John Reese. Yeah, and I called him up and I said, "All right, how do I how do I do this? <laughs> How'd you do it?" And he was like, "Dude, I didn't do any of it." <laughs> I didn't do it. Dang did it. So Dang when is uh he's he's with Bar Pink normally. Yeah. 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 Um, but Bar he's Pink, also he's also on the board of the Oregon Pavilion Society. Right. Okay. Okay. I think that's how you, the whole yeah. name of it. Yeah. Oregon okay. Society. Yeah. yeah. He's an important dude. He is, yeah. yeah. He was great. He helped me out through the whole thing. Pulling all the strings. 
showed me where the strings were, you know, and like made sure that it like wasn't his. Yeah. But he was like, maybe. So this can't be traced back. Maybe over here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because, hey, I mean, day of the show, like I was pretty worried yeah. and like I'm not normally, you know, I don't really get the clammy hands yeah. and everything. But like I was like, man, I hope that these kids just don't do something stupid. Right. Because yeah. I'm going to have to deal with it for weeks or whatever, yeah. you know, afterwards. Yeah. Who knows? Like, yeah. I didn't want to even get hurt. Yeah. Because, like, the Jay Who show you went, mm -hmm. it was a sea of dads. Yes. Yes. It was know? much, it was older people. I was young at that show, you know? <laughs> I felt young. Yeah. 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 I mean, and then at the Bright show, I felt old. Right. They yeah. were all children, <laughs> which is great. I thought yeah. it was awesome. Well, but, I mean, you know, the, the, the thing about the Frights, uh, as you know, is their, their crowd gets rowdy. You know, they got a rowdy uh, fan base. And, and yeah. that is uh, such a boomer thing to say about a crowd. Oh, they're a rowdy crowd. But, but yeah, they do get, uh, they mosh, they're, you know, they, they, they get, you know, physical with each other, not in like a mean spirited way, but they, they get into it. They like they to party. jump around and they yeah they, they like, like to party. To party. <laughs> and they did. Were you there? I was not there. I couldn't go. No, I was working. They destroyed the bushes oh, like in front man. of it. You know, because uh, <laughs> we had a bunch of security, right? You know, and they were trying to catch them, like the crowd surfers, because yeah. like we couldn't put up a barricade or whatever. And they were trying to catch them, but sometimes, like I mean, I was standing like up top, just like watching just that front of the stage, and yeah. like. Our guys are catching crowd servers, and then we could, like, put them on this little path that's around the stage. And sometimes you'd see these kids, and I'm like, oh, no, that one's not going to get caught. <laughs> and then you'd see it bounce, like, off of the hedge, like the hedges that were there. Bounce, and then at, at a certain point, so many would hit the same spot that I just saw some kids just go, like, go through it. Oh, no. And I was like, Ugh. Oh, man. Oh, they're going to bill us for that. Oh. So, I mean – it was worth it. Was there was there was there a little bit of fallout? Did you get some emails afterwards being like, "Yo, a little bit." Yeah, yeah there was like a little bit of stuff, um, as to be expected. Yeah, but through and through, like nobody died, <laughs> right? <laughs> and nobody got like severely hurt. Yeah, I think some somebody got kind of hurt a little bit. Um, you know, like an ankle got pinched on some benches that flew mm. back. It, long story, but. Yeah. I think it's going to be okay. Overall, it was overall, a great show. yeah. And like I, you know, free show. You know, you don't yeah. know who. There's not like an RSVP or anything. So right. you're just like, I think some people are going to show up. And then it was like, whoa, <laughs> they you know, did. They <laughs> really did. It was. It was pretty special. Wow. Well, uh, that makes me think of. Uh... The first four, which is a segment that we like to do here on the San Diego podcast, where. Go back in time a little bit. I'm going to ask you four questions about, like, the first things in your life. So what's the first concert you remember going to? First concert was uh, ZZ Top and Leonard Skinner, and I'm pretty sure that REO Speedwagon opened. Wow. Where was that? That was at uh, Sports Arena. Okay. <laughs> very young. You know what year that was? No, I mean, I was, I was very, very young. I was like, a, you know, I was, yeah, very young. Okay. I've been to a lot of Skinner shows and a lot of ZZ Top shows. So Are so you generally, generally a big fan? Two of my fan? dad's favorite bands, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, he would take me to all the classic rock shows. Wow. So I've seen, seen all the greats. Nice. Yeah. I was, I was raised on KGB. All right. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. All right. Well, um, 
What is the first band or artist that you remember being just totally obsessed with? It's cliche, but it was the Beatles. Okay. No, that's yeah. a perfectly uh, acceptable answer. Yeah, it was just, you know, uh, my dad had a bunch of the records, and I would just, you know, pick them all out and go through them, and I was like, is Paul dead? <laughs> and I got lost in that whole thing, and then I got We're the still anthology. Wondering. And, like, that was probably the first band that I was, like, so deep on. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. after that, there were a bunch of funny punk bands and yeah. stuff, but that was the first one. What was the uh, the first record that you remember kind of buying for yourself? Um, the first CD was Lagwagon Trashed. Okay. The first two that I bought was Lagwagon Trashed and then uh, that band, The Hippos. Mm, really... They've gone on to like produce a bunch of stuff. Like the guys, they put out like one or two records. Okay. Um, anyway, Dan, Dan from uh, Sliding with Tigers would, oh, he would know what I'm there. talking about. Yeah. Okay. But Lagwagon Trashed. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you were, so you were definitely in the, uh, the pop punk back in the day, like that kind were, of pop punk. Yeah, I didn't like No Effects. Okay, you know, same label and everything. Yeah, Fat Records, but uh, little different vibe. Yeah, that was like when no when like you know I was working for my dad's like hauling company and I earned enough money and then I got on the eight sixty four bus in Alpine down to the music trader in El Cajon, <laughs> and those are the first two CDs I bought. Yeah, very yeah. cool, very cool. Um, all right, what about the first? Musical guilty pleasure that you can remember? Um, I went, I mean, I, I would say it's like, like, uh, like Britney Spears. Okay. NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. Wow. My dad would make me go with my sisters to their shows. Okay. When we were young. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I would bitch and complain, but I liked it. <laughs> You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, did. Well, I did. I, I liked it. Was it a bit of like Stockholm Syndrome or did you actually become fond of the music? Like you just kind I, of like. I'm still fond to this wow. day. I'm okay. like, you know, if, if, you know, Bye 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 comes on or, you know, <laughs> any of that stuff. I'm all, I'm good with it. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I listened to plenty of NSYNC back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I've, I am obviously familiar with uh, Backstreet Boys mm -hmm. and Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera mm -hmm. and all these people. You know, that it was impossible to escape at yeah. that time. TRL just. Yeah. If you watched head, any you know? TV, yeah. you had to have known that music. And so. Um, I was I was more of a fan though of of like kind of the earlier, um, the earlier like uh, boy bands, if you will. Um, you know the Boys to Men, for example. Mm -hmm. I am a huge fan of Boys to Men. I, it's kind of a secret of my. You know, it's not really a secret. I tell everybody yeah. that I love Boys to Men. Why not? <laughs> you know, but to me, like they kind of like they kind of uh, preceded all those you know those other acts that we just mentioned. You know, for me, and so I think that's that's perfectly cool. That that you know, Bernie Spears and Sing, Backstreet Boys. What about, what about New Kids on the Block? Were you a fan of New Kids on the Block? That was a little, little. That was like just before that time, so I wasn't there yet. Okay. Yeah, I'm still not even that familiar. Okay, they were they were a bit before my time too. Like right. I, yeah, like I just I wasn't. I kind of came came around to pop music maybe a, a couple years after they mm -hmm. were kind of at their height, you know, but some would argue they're still at their height. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was kind of, you know, you had mentioned that your first obsession musically was the Beatles because your dad, uh, you know, turned you on to them and um, they were around your house and stuff, just listening to them. Um, what 
kind of inspired you to be become a drummer? What what made you want to play an instrument? Or was that the first instrument you played, or were there others? Or? Yeah, that's the only instrument I played. Really? Okay, so you, I can play some power chords on a guitar. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't. So I, you can play guitar. Never got into it. I don't. Uh, yeah, I definitely cannot. I can okay. pick it up, and I can. I know what that is. Yeah. But uh, no, I just just drums. Um, had some childhood friends who also lived up in Alpine. Uh, one of them was a musician. Was like an older brother type. And then I was I was like best friends with with his younger brother. His okay. name's Kellen. And uh and uh Connor, his older brother, was, you know, played guitar, sang like in a punk band at the time and was like, Hey, you know, one of you guys should play bass and one of you guys should play drums. Mm. And uh and Kellen just was like, I'll do bass. <laughs> you know, and I and I was, you know, like and then, and then, you know, I remember just going to my dad and just saying, hey, for Christmas, I want a drum set. Wow. And then I was beating up every pot and pan I could find, <laughs> taking them down into the yard, you know, and like that whole thing. And that, you know, just very quickly after that, I got a drum kit. And he bought me like the biggest ridiculous drum kit too. <laughs> it was like a huge Yamaha, like two 24-inch kick drums. So he had like double bass drums on I, it? Yeah, there was like, <laughs> was like double bass, but like, you kick. know, no double bass pedal. So oh, just two wow. single... <laughs> ones and then there was like a 13 14 16 8 it was like this wow. huge drum kit You're ready for the stadium at that point yeah at that point i had like i could break them up so there was like two drum kits so i kept wow. like one in my room and then one over at my friend's house yeah you know, with the yeah. jam with them that is so funny Man. but that that's also very great that you know you know he uh, nourished that artistic side of you that oh you yeah wanted to do that i felt so bad for him like at, you know having to just, hear that all the time oh because you know, when anybody who starts playing drums, you're just That's you're just awful. Ruthless. You know, even if you're good at air drumming and stuff, and you think so, but then you start you sit down, and then there's the foot pedals and stuff, yeah. and it's just a whole another monster. It's magical, but it is uh, brutal for those that have to listen. Brutal, in. yeah. My poor mother. <laughs> All right, I think it's time we get into some trivia now. Cool. Up next, A or B side. All right, I'm going to give you three questions, and each one will have two possible answers. It's very simple. Um, I hope you do well. Each one will have two possible answers, okay. A or B. Okay. Uh, each week, I write this game with a particular theme, and since you play drums in the band Colts, this one is about San Diego Colts. Or I guess I should say like fringe religious organizations. I don't want to get myself okay. in any hot water here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. Number one. I've always been fascinated by the Unarius Academy of Science, technically a nonprofit organization that is headquartered in El Cajon. Since 1954, they've long purported to advance a new interdimensional science of life upon fourth dimensional physics principles. principles. I did not know this but Unarius is actually an acronym. Does it stand for A, the Universal Articulate Interdimensional Understanding of Science, or B, Understanding the Ancient Interdimensional Unification of Space? A. You're correct, it is A. The organization's founder, Ernest Norman, claimed that he channeled 
extraterrestrial beings via psychic connections. That is a very unique skill. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> All right. You are one for one. You're doing very well. Number two. The most infamous cult in San Diego history is, of course, Heaven's Gate. The group was founded in 1974 and made worldwide headlines in 1997 when 39 bodies were recovered from a house in Rancho Santa Fe. According to reports, their deaths were the result of trying to reach a spacecraft following which of these extraterrestrial events? A. Comet Hale-Bopp or B. Halley's Comet. I think it's B. It is A. Oh. Hail Bob. The group posted a message to their website. It's tricky. It's a yeah. little tricky. Yeah. I mean, because they both sound yeah. similar. Yep. I'm sorry. It's the Bop. <laughs> it's the Bop. It's the Bop. <laughs> Don't forget the Bop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they posted a message to their website uh, saying, Hail Bop brings closure to Heaven's Gate. Our 22 years of classroom here on planet Earth is finally coming to a conclusion. You are one for two now. You're at 50%. The bop. Yeah, the bop, the bop screwed you over. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. All right. Number three. This is the last question. Everything is riding on this, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this last one may not be a cult per se as much as the previous two, but, you know, San Diego's only had so much going on in the last hundred years, so we'll make it fit. In 1900... A theosophical community called Loma Land was founded by Catherine Tingley in Point Loma, and its campus is now where Point Loma Nazarene University stands. Loma Land consisted of several ornate public buildings as well as a few private homes. In fact, a very famous name in the sporting goods industry constructed a home there in 1901 and lived there until his death in 1965. Was As a baseball fan, you might know this, was it A... Alfred Rawlings, co-founder of Rawlings Sporting Goods, or B, Albert Spalding, founder of Spalding Sporting Goods. Going with A. Sure, it's not B. Spalding isn't Spalding like isn't that golf stuff? Spalding initially, Spalding is actually a Hall of Fame baseball. Uh, oh, so it's B. Person. It is B. It is. <laughs> it's B. I got to take the L on that one. <laughs> Uh, Albert Spaulding was a prominent member of the Theoph- uh, Theosophical Society in Loma Land. The society described itself as the study of religion, philosophy, and science, and the investigation into the unexplained laws of nature and the powers in man. Mm. Count me in. Mm. Sounds interesting. Anyway, that's where Point Loma Nazarene University is. You it, were right. These are going to be hard. <laughs> you don't I'm get sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Don't be sorry. <laughs> We're, we're learning something new every day. I, I didn't know any did. of that stuff. So, you know, I'm, you know. Well, now we know. Thank you for playing. Hey, thanks for having me. And you know what? You may have not won it technically, mm-hmm. but you are a winner in real life always. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for playing. Thank you. Speaking of winning, concerts may be on hold for the time being, but there are still ways we can all get our live music fix. Up next, the San Diego set list. Before the pandemic hit, our set lists alerted you to the week's best upcoming shows. Of course, we're all doing our part to flatten the curve now, 
but artists have helped fill the void by live streaming. Here's a few scheduled next week that are more than worth the price of virtual admission. Block by Block West, an online Minecraft festival, will be accessible Saturday on YouTube, Twitch, and the game itself starting at 3 p.m. Expect a ton of bands, including two local faves, Low Shadows and Fashion Jackson. One of the most fun-loving groups around, Group Love, see it's in the name, are live-streaming musical joy from their Facebook page Monday at 1 p.m. Wednesday, cue the dance-a-thon as Grammy-nominated DJ Morgan Page hits the decks at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook. The very next day, chart-topping Scottish singer-songwriter K.T. Tunstall performs at 12.15 p.m. on Facebook for the weekly Royal Albert Home series. And while it ain't exactly Back to the Future's enchantment under the sea dance, Joe Jonas, Dylan Francis, and more bring KISS FM's virtual prom to the masses via YouTube at 6.30 p.m. Don't worry, chaperones are not invited. Well, Corey, that about wraps it up. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you got things to do, people to see. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We really appreciate it. This is great. I had a great time. I had a great time. Normally, I'd recommend heading out to Soda Bar for a show, but while the venue is closed for the time being, help them out by visiting sodabarmusic.com and buying some of their merch instead. All proceeds will be donated to staff. As always, visit sounddiego.com for behind-the-scenes notes on this pod and all of our others. And be sure to join us in the front row tonight on NBC7 at 1.30 a.m. for this week's episode of San Diego TV. To close out this show, we're leaving you with Offering, a single by our Spotlight Artist of the Week and one of Corey's own bands, naturally, Colts. Go to coltscoltscolts.com for news, music, and to purchase merch that'll go a long way in helping out the band. Until next time, I am your San Diego podcast host, Dustin Lutzbike. And to everyone listening, stay safe and enjoy the music. <laughs>